Welcome to the Island Podcast. This is Olivier Legree, your host from the Island. Today, I have the pleasure to welcome Paula Bravlowski, head of the research department at the Island. Paula is a London-based art historian who finished her master's degree at the Courtauld Institute of Art and then completed her PhD at University College of London in 2014. We are delighted to have you on the show, Paula. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. So, first question. As the head of the research department at the island, can you tell us more about what your scope of work is? So my job on the island is to really sort of think through some of the new technological developments in art. Um, we think about the last few years, the rise of the NFTs and now with AI. And on the other hand, we have two separate audiences for art, sometimes audiences that are really thinking about that come from the traditional art world that, you know, this is the art world that I'm more traditional in because my background is as an art historian. And on the other hand, you have like a new audience, which is Web3 based. And very often these two audiences don't talk to each other very much. And I think it is very useful to think about some of the art historical precedents when thinking through some of the complexities that we face today. So, for instance, one of the research subjects is about AI and how AI has been used as a tool in arts, artistic practice today. And there's a lot of sort of worries about what these new technologies are going to do to the creative processes of artists. And one of the things that I talk about in some of the papers that I write for The Island is that the art world has faced a lot of turmoil based on new emerging technology. So we think about, for instance, photography and what that it did to the art world. In many ways, it changed the direction of the way artists were thinking about art. But now we can think about AI. A lot of people see it as a threat to the creative process, but I'm keen to think about it in a sort of the way that artists are employing it to comment on, one, our new technological reality and AI, whether we like it or not, is going to change our reality. And B, what it can do to sort of act as a tool for artists to create innovative work and at the same time participate in current discourses. We also talk about the blockchain and the Web3 community and how that Web3 community, we think about it as this isolated event, but I think it's also very important to think about how the digital has existed for decades and that artists have been engaging with it for decades. And to think through sort of the way we can get these two worlds talking to each other and understand what it can do for the arts and some of the kind of more productive collaborations that can exist between the Web3 community and the traditional art world. So I think the research department is engaged in thinking about all of these complexities, about trying to make sense of these new developments in the world we live today and sort of trying to find the kind of best way to move forward with these practices. At present, technology and art are advancing at an unprecedented rate. What is your approach to working with such a new topic? Well, I think the way in which technology has changed the direction of art, it's well established. There's, there's a lot of literature and a lot of discussion about it. And I think it's very useful to think about, especially when you, we get into these really negative discussions about AI killing creativity, to think about the, the fact that these discussions about technology killing creativity are not new. They keep coming up every time a new technology emerges. So it's a question really of looking just back and comparing where we were, I don't know, with the invention of photography to where we are now with, with the new technology. One of our mission at the island is to bridge the art and the tech world. How do you think research can help with that? 
I think a lot of it is thinking about precedence. If you look at art history, you're going to realize that there are a lot of similarities of what has happened before, as I said, but also kind of to help us understand the sort of intellectual background of where these two worlds are coming from. And I think art history definitely has a very powerful critical framework that can be quite productively used in the Web3 community. And I'm sure vice versa. Obviously, I'm not familiar with the ins and outs of coding, but I am I'm familiar with a lot of the theoretical underpinnings that we use to criticize or understand contemporary art. And I think a lot of these tools are very useful in not only historicizing the work that we have now, but also of just thinking critically through some of these complexities. So when you think about a new paper, what is usually your starting point? Well, it's really based on... One, the technological developments that I feel are more current to the debate and also some of the sort of works that we have engaged with as a collection that I feel you know, have something to add to the current debates on technology and art and that intersection. Um, there seems to be so much material at the moment, it's very difficult to kind of narrow it down. But some of the big topics include AI, NFTs, and thinking about certain strategies that have resurfaced with new technologies. I talk about randomness um, as an artistic strategy and systems as well. Dealing with on-chain art can be challenging due to the constant price and volume fluctuation. How has this impacted your work? My starting point, rather than actual uh, monetary value, is always to think about how artists are pushing the envelope in terms of creativity. I mean, the way that artists' work has always been changing, and because we live in an environment that is technologically much different to what we were seeing five, ten years ago, I think it is important to put that in a historical perspective. And the gallery system, for instance, is relatively new. It's only, what, 50 or 60 years old. And we kind of have to understand that artists have adapted their skills to sort of suit a particular market or a particular platform. And I think that because now the nature of the work, especially Web3-only work, is shown in different arenas, we need sort of a critical framework to engage with this new work. We think about when art started leaving the gallery spaces. And then our historians started to think about through the complexities of what happens when a work leaves the gallery space and when a work leaves the museum space. And now we're looking at different spaces, a digital space, and we kind of need theories and systems of thought to think through some of the ramifications, both in terms of value and in terms of criticality and critical processes. Are there any challenges beside the market that you anticipate with these new technologies? There are so many. One a big problem, I think, especially when you think about AI, is the amount of appropriation. A lot of AI systems appropriate other artists' works and they use it as their own. And I think that rightly worries a lot of artists because there's a lot of their work online that is being used in ways that they have absolutely no control of. And they never thought 10 years ago that their work could be used in such a way. So that, that is definitely a big worry. The second is just the sheer volume of it. I, it it's almost kind of quite hard to grasp how to navigate an environment there's suddenly so much more work it's really difficult to narrow down and think about critically and pinpointing what's interesting and what's not the democratization of tools and the lowering of barrier to entry is amazing but what kind of new environment does it create 
an environment that is completely outside the institutions that we feel comfortable with, like galleries and museums that are doing really interesting work. But we are just beginning to understand the mechanisms and the ways that which they function in these new spaces. And that's why also a research department is important, because there are just so many new things that, that we need to start thinking, not only how they kind of compare to the institutions that we already have, but how they can function and how we can come to grips with them and sort of see the work that is more interesting. I mean, it's so subjective, right? And you kind of sort of hope that you have a trained eye and that you're going to sort of see some of the most interesting work and that the more interesting work hopefully is going to get noticed quicker and just a lot of time dedicated to seeing the work out there. But it, it is hard. I mean, there's it's just the sheer volume of it is quite overwhelming. We often say history never repeats itself, but it does often rhyme. This highly bubbly creative era has been seen before, no? Yes, a lot of the stuff that is coming out reminds me of, for instance, during the World world Wars and the turn of the century, you, you have suddenly tremendous change in the arts. Think about Dadaism and Cubism and all of this period that produced some of the work that we still reference to today and that has changed the landscape of the 20th century. And a lot of it coincided with te technological development as well. So the other thing to think about is the sort of emergence of conceptual art in the 60s. And we think about people like Robert Morris, who was thinking about sort of the kind of environment in which the art object was situated in and the way that the audience engaged with the work of art that then kind of naturally evolved to a sort of more participative model. So we have also the rise of performance art where suddenly we have the audience becoming much more active and thinking of the, uh, the art not only as an object but also as a sort of process. And some of the papers that I've written for the island touch upon sort of the idea of artworks as a system. So not only about the object itself, but about the ecosystem that they find themselves in. And I think there are a lot of very productive parallels to be made between the art that we're seeing today, especially in the Web3 community, that there's a, there's a real sense of community and there's a real sense of collaboration to some of the art that was going on in the 60s, where it was a much more collaborative product and that the audience was taking a much more active role in the sort of meaning of the artwork. Beyond the creation of pieces, it feels that participation and collaboration are becoming more and more important. Mm -hmm. Yes, correct. And one of the kind of remits of the island is collaborating with other experts in the field. And one of the most exciting collaborations that we are working on at the moment is, is with Peck under the direction of Chris Michaels about the rise of immersive institutions. So we think about places, I mean, you think about places in London like Frameless that are taking either existing work and doing immersive installations that are drawing audiences or artists like David Hockney who are who are live and producing really interesting immersive work and what that means for the traditional context of museums and galleries because the kind of audiences that these places are commanding are massive and whereas certain institutions and more conservative institutions are having trouble bringing in the amount of 
impactful than that they would wish, then you have these other institutions that suddenly are completely packed with audiences that wouldn't usually see exhibitions at sort of contemporary art museums or more traditional museums. And also think through some of the ways in which immersive art can kind of push the envelope in terms of creativity. And that, I think, is one of the more interesting trajectories that art is taking at the moment is the sort of really expensive, but at the at the same time, really captivating sort of immer- immersive installations. So I think one of the remits of the islands is definitely thinking through some of the ways in which technology is pushing artists, engage with them in different ways. And this is why the research department engages with policymakers such aspect on multiple levels. The research department, one, is involved in education, and we've touched a lot about the importance of thinking critically through some of the new technological developments and why they're interesting and important. And the other one is to work with people who are actually doing policymaking. And that is why we uh, are partnering with PEC, the Policy and Evidence Centre, We want to make long-lasting change uh, in terms of the relationship between art and technology and work at the cutting edge. We need to think practically about some of the sort of developments, and that is why the island partners with organizations like PEC, uh, but also with other organizations, to think how how the the art ecosystem is going to evolve given our new technological reality. And I think as well as as kind of academically, we kind of need to think how to move forward on a really practical level. Thank you very much for listening until the end of this Island podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, theisland underscore IO, and on our website, theisland.io. See you next time.